Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. The Volume. DraftKings Sportsbook an official betting partner of the NFL playoffs is bringing you an offer to help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook now and use code John. New customers can bet five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code J-O-H-N John. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is up, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast back again and as of recording this it's about 5 30 in the afternoon on tuesday arizona time mountain mountain time zone uh sirianni mccarthy still the head coaches maybe that changes wednesday but since we recorded jason kelsey told all of his teammates he's going to retire have some thoughts there john schneider seattle's gm talked to the media today he's taking over and uh, some thoughts on the quarterbacks that are remaining, the eight, the eight quarterbacks left. Interesting group. Seven first-rounders in Purdy. Uh, some f- number one picks, some picks in the 20s. We've got guys from all over the place. Obviously, the marquee matchup is uh, Josh versus Mahomes, which is hard to beat. Uh, so we'll talk some football. If you listen on Collins' feed, make sure you subscribe to 3 and Out. Appreciate everyone that has. 
Uh, also the YouTube channel, all of our content video wise, got to get with the time. So we got a YouTube channel, just type in my name. We put everything we do here up there. Uh, appreciate everyone that's watched, share it with your friends, share the podcast. Thank you guys. Thevolume.com. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, excuse me, go to thevolume.com if you want the three and out hat. We got merch. Golf season's right around the corner. I'll have my golf bets tomorrow out on social media. Uh, placed them today on the old DraftKings app. So I'm getting the uh, getting the old the bug. Uh, God, I'm, I'm kicking myself though. I, I should have put that. I almost made a big bet on the Bucks, but I uh, I couldn't pull the trigger. But usually the bets you win when you don't when you were really close. If you would have put the money down, you would have lost. So you know you get it's, it's easy to play that game. But that that one stung a little bit as I was watching them destroy the birds. So let's talk some football. But first. Got to tell you about, listen, do you want to go to one of these playoff games? I've been to countless playoff games. I've been to AFC championships. Never been to AFC championships. Been to NFC championship games, NFC divisional rounds, the Super Bowl. Uh, there's nothing like a playoff game. What's on the line at any moment? It can go the wrong way if you're rooting for a team because you know the season, there is no tomorrow. So if you get the opportunity, you live in one of these cities, you want to travel to one of these cities to watch the game, my friends at Game Time, download Game Time, the official ticketing app of this podcast. Use the promo code John J O H N J O H N for twenty dollars off your first pair of tickets. Very, very easy to do. Promo code John twenty dollars off anything: concerts, comedy shows, you name it. They have you covered. Promo code John J O H N Game Time. Download that app now. Football, basketball, baseball is right around the corner. You want to come do uh, Arizona Scottsdale for spring training? I got you covered. Game time, promo code John. Let's dive into Jason Kelsey because obviously with uh, his, the stardom of his brother, uh, his his booming podcast, uh, I think he's become infinitely more famous the last couple years. You know, his Super Bowl speech in the Mummers outfit uh, became something of legend, not just in Philadelphia area, but I think it's one of the great all-time you know, championship level speeches. It's just something that will be talked about when any championship parade happens forever. And I think Jason Kelsey represents something that's very important for sports fans. And when I was a kid, the 49ers were fucking huge. You know, growing up in the early 90s, I was born in the mid 80s, but I, I remember football in the early 90s. And all their players felt like pieces of the community. And then a lot of them stayed around the community. Like Joe Montana lives in San Francisco. Steve Young lives in Palo Alto. Until a couple of years ago, Brent Jones lived in that area. Jerry Rice goes to all the games. So when you thought about the 49ers, you didn't just think about like pro athletes. You thought as like members of Northern California, people that might eat somewhere you eat, might take their kids somewhere where you would go as a kid, like Six Flags or, you know, wherever. And I think there's a relatability to that. And when you get that in a team captain, in one of your best players, in one of the most important players in franchise history, I think the connection of the fan base, the sports fan, and that player slash that team goes to another level. Like when you close your eyes, you think about the Patriot dynasty like Belichick was going to all those other games. He became really good friends with Danny Ainge and going to Red Sox games and Brady and Julian Edelman becoming such big parts of the community. 
Like that's powerful. That, that, that is something that means a lot to the people that I don't know, pay the bills, which is us. And to me, Jason Kelsey, you know, I didn't know that much about the Eagles when I got hired there. Obviously I knew who Andy Reid was, Deshaun Jackson, you know, McNabb, Michael Vick and stuff, but I didn't know much about the city. I was a guy that had spent, beside four months when I interned for the Kansas City Chiefs, 99% of my life either in Davis, Sacramento area, Fresno, California, or San Luis Obispo in the central part of California. I was a lifelong West Coast California kid. And I remember going to Philadelphia thinking, listen, it's a little cold, but there was a passion to those people when it came to the football team that was very relatable. Growing up, the 49, it just didn't get any bigger. And when I went to Philadelphia, the passion of Eagles fans, it's like everyone makes a big deal of pelting Santa with a with a snowball or last night screaming for Nick Sirianni to get fired. What do you want out of your fans? To not care? Like, wait, they should be saying, hey, Nick, good job, man. Can't wait for you to try it again next year. Fuck that. Even Lane Johnson, who I think is in the Jason Kelsey mold of like, yeah, Everything's on the table. He knows. He's not dumb. This isn't acceptable. With the best organizations, the organizations whose standard is, you know, competing for championships or it's a complete failure, stuff like that like, is not cool. <laughs> you know, it's not like, yeah, it's okay. Everything's going to be all right. And obviously people in Philadelphia are a little edgier. But I think Jason Kelsey represented his team as well as any player in recent memory. Obviously, it's hard to beat Brady and the Pats. And just kind of his mindset and work ethic and toughness of representing the Boston people. But to bring a Super Bowl for the first time in franchise history, to wear that outfit. And honestly, I, I went to the Mummers Parade one time. I don't even quite know what it is. You know, they have these historic things that happen in a city that's been around forever. That just means a lot to people that have been there for a long period of time. Right When I lived in the Bay Area, I would meet people constantly that had moved there five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Now that I live in Scottsdale, meet people all the time. That, yeah, I'm from Jersey. I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm from Minnesota. Moved here five years ago. Moved here seven years ago. You meet people from all over the place. I'm a Vikings fan. I'm a big Eagle fan. Huge, huge University of Texas fan. When you live in Philadelphia, you meet people from Philadelphia <laughs> that, that are born and raised generations. And the birds a.k.a. the Eagles, are easily the number one team in that town. And it's an elite sports town. The hockey team means a lot. The Phillies mean a lot. But the Eagles are on a completely different level. And to have Jason Kelsey a center, when we drafted him, he was an undersized player. He was a guy that Howard Mudd pounded the table for and said, this guy can play in the league. And he immediately beat out, I forget the center's name, uh, and became a starter as a rookie. And then early on in his career, Jason was a little bit of a wild child. Like, I remember, I'm a couple years older than him, like, partied pretty hard. And listen, that's not an aberration for young people in pro sports or life. But clearly, the second half of his career, you saw a guy, the, the other thing, like, met his wife on Tinder. You know what that is? Pretty relatable to my generation. A lot of people I know met their wives on dating apps. You know, for a brother who's dating, like, the Michael Jackson of musicians right now, right, in Taylor Swift, and who couldn't be any more famous off the field, Jason has, like, this blue-collar, beer-drinking, tough-guy attitude. I'm just one of the guys 
you could see me eating a sandwich or drinking a beer with the uh you know the local dude at the 202 union uh you know on a thursday afternoon when i'm retired like that that is foreseeable and that represents the city and i think anytime you get a player who just fits the region and who feels like like jason kelsey's going to live with the eagles if you told me one think about john elway john elway went to denver ultimately came back and ran the denver broncos and just feels like that area represents like him and John Elway parallel each other. Like they're on the same page with each other. Maybe a little more intellectual, you know, John Elway, Stanford guy, uh, rich businessman, wheeler and dealer. Maybe it fits that community. To me, Jason Kelsey fits the Eagles community. And it's a sad day because obviously he's still a really, really good player, but you don't replace that. Like you don't, there, there's no way, let's just draft the center or let's just move this guy over. It'll never be the same. You, you don't replace a player who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, especially not just because with his play, but because of the standard in which he mandates to everyone playing around him. If you ever get a chance, if you want to nerd out, which is a fantastic podcast, Travis and Jason on the New Heights podcast had on Jordan Mylotta, who was drafted in whatever, the seventh round, who's now you know their left tackle from Australia. Just a fantastic podcast because they kind of get nerdy on football. And Jordan talks about first getting there and watching Kelsey and Stoutland, the offensive line coach. He's like, it's like they were speaking Chinese. I I had no clue what was going on and what he represented in that offensive line room. The leadership he showed between the transition of the Wentz and Jalen Hurts transition and how much he believed in Jalen, how much he supported the coaching staff with Nick Sirianni. It's a huge blow, and it doesn't feel like, you know, in years past, they they did a lot of convincing him, almost begging him to stay. It wouldn't shock me if he immediately goes into the front office and is one day the general manager, you know, for the Philadelphia Eagles in 10, 15 years, right? And I think anytime you get a guy that you know is not just one of yours, he's only played for your team, but it's never leaving the region. It's staying with you. You know, the Lakers had that with Kobe, right? They have that with Jason Kelsey. You know, not the Patriots don't even have that with uh, with Tom because he was booted and he's never living in Boston again. So it's it, it's a pretty special relationship that we don't see very often in sports now. With and this is going to sound negative, but the mercenary nature of the transactions, like you got to go when the money's hot and when you're a free agent, you use your leverage. Sometimes you get traded when new coaches come in. And Kelsey has lasted through a lot of coaches, from Andy Reid to Chip Kelly to Doug Peterson to Nick Sirianni. And it doesn't look like he's going to see Belichick or Vrabel. (laughs) Uh, That was a joke, but maybe not. And uh, so hat tip to you, Jason, because it was a fantastic player to watch. You represent everything I like about football. And I think you also represent not just Philadelphia, but why football resonates with so many people in this country and why it has lapped all the other sports and become the behemoth than it has. Because guys like him, just very relatable. Despite being super rich, despite making you know 10 plus million dollars for many years now, he feels like a guy that we all know. And that's one thing that the NFL still has. They have a relatability even with their players. Uh, John Schneider talked today, and he basically admitted what we talk about a lot. Most GMs in this modern-day football are not in control. They're not the highest guy in the food chain because why? 
Well, their coach makes triple them. If you make $5 million and you work for a $15 million coach, who do you think's in charge, right? The coach, there's probably not an organization in the NFL that the coach doesn't make more than the GM. The Eagles might have been the rare one with Sirianni who probably makes seven, eight million dollars and how he might make 10. But most teams, even though they have a quote unquote GM, if the coach wants something, Shanahan, McVay, Andy, again, these people have very, very good relationships with their general manager and often compromise and give in and let them run stuff. But they are the boss. And the GMs will admit this definitely off the record. Well, John Snyder told you, I had no control over the coaching staff. I did not control the roster. Now, I influenced it. Pete, listen to me. And this goes back to Russell Wilson when he pounded the table. Obviously, Pete let him draft players in recent memory. It's why their team's pretty talented. But John was not the power broker in that building. Pete Carroll was. Because back to what I was just saying. Pete Carroll's making like $18 million. You think John Schneider, let's just guess making six or seven, has more pull than him? In what business does that take shape? There, there is not an organization that's a billion-dollar business where the guy making double, triple the other guy ever answers to that guy. That, that's not the way it works. Now, it doesn't mean that John Schneider might not hire a coach that's now making more than him, but he did admit, I now run personnel. I now get say over the coaching staff. And th- this is a uh, somewhat of a dying breed and a dying... I would say job description in the National Football League. So John Schneider now, Pete Carroll's a legend in Seattle. He resurrected the program. He not only made them relevant, but won a Super Bowl and just kept them winning year in, year out. And now proved that like it wasn't all Russell Wilson. Shipped him out of town and I won 18 games. Now we didn't make the playoffs the second time and we barely made it the first time, but we were very, very competitive both years when we traded Russell Wilson. And we kind of reset the franchise and put ourselves in a position to be competitive moving forward. But it was time. And I I think John Schneider now has the opportunity to kind of really put his stamp on this organization. Gudikins was given the same, right? When they transitioned from Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy and kind of that era. And Brian Gudikins was named the GM. And then he hired Matt LaFleur. And they traded up to get Jordan Love. And now you're looking at, and I'm not trying to jump the shark here because we got a long way to go. Sustaining success in pro sports is really, really hard. We have seen, we saw Blake Bortles and the Jags have an anomaly year, get to the AFC Championship game. But I think it's fair to say this organization, their structure, uh, their history, you would bet on the Packers like not going away. Well, if Jordan Love is just a consistent pro bowler moving forward and you drafted him and you hired LaFleur, guess what? You know, you become a pretty legendary general manager in that organization. And I think John Schneider has that opportunity now. And he comes from Green Bay originally uh, with that mindset where the GM is still has a lot of juice, has a lot of pull. So I'm fascinated to watch who they hire. Right. And and I think he's got to be very careful. I just wouldn't go back fishing from the Pete Carroll tree. I wouldn't touch Dan Quinn with a 10 foot pole. Not because I don't like him. Not because I'm even overreacting to the Packer game. Like, let's start fresh. Let's not bring in some of like anything connected to Pete. I think this is a good opportunity to just hire the best coach available. Look at Alabama, right? They're replacing Nick Saban, who even relative to the program is infinitely more important than Pete Carroll. And it would have been pretty easy to be like, 
Let's do whatever we have to do to hire a former Nick Saban guy who's having success. Let's, let's make an offer where Steve Sarkeesian can't say no. Lane Kiffin, you know, whoever. And they went and got Kalen Dubor. Why? Because he's really good. He knows what he's doing. And his style is completely different than Nick. He has no ties to Nick Saban. But you feel pretty good, like, yeah, he's probably going to win. He's probably going to be pretty successful. He immediately brings his offensive coordinator that Nick Saban tried to hire last year. Like, I got news for you. It's going to work. Hell, if, if Nick Saban, they just pay him to recruit a little bit. So DeBoer, I, I don't know how great of a recruiter he is, but the school is going to recruit itself for at least the foreseeable future. If, if I'm John Schneider, I, I do not, like, honestly, I try to avoid it. I, I, I really do. And I just try to hire the best coach possible. And Dan Quinn, to me, is not that guy. And luckily, you have an organization that's willing to pay. And I'm fascinated to watch this because it's hard, right? The Niners are rolling. They're going nowhere. The Rams are on the come. And the Arizona Cardinals, despite having a lot of questions and a lot of holes in their organization, they're just always feisty. They just play the other three teams just consistently. They're a problem, right? So it's a very, very difficult division. But... I'm rooting for John Schneider. I've always defended him. Defending him is even the, that's the wrong way to put it. I've always just said, I think he's one of the best general managers, you know, in the league. Well, now he gets his chance to really validate that because you hire the right coach. You start winning again, taking this team to the playoffs, draft a quarterback. No one can ever say shit. Let's look at the quarterbacks because it's pretty fascinating group, right? You got Goff versus Baker. You got Purdy versus Love. You got the marquee matchup, the modern day. When I say modern day, they were the modern day. The the ultra modern day, Manning, Brady in Allen versus Mahomes, and C.J. Stroud versus Lamar Jackson. And the crazy thing is, seven of the eight of these guys are first-round picks. And beside Lamar, six of them are, I guess Jordan Love's in the 20s. I mean, Goff and Baker were number one overall. Josh Allen was the seventh with like a 30% completion percentage in college. Patrick Mahomes was 10, and C.J. Stroud was 2. So, I mean, there's a lot of premium draft capital invested in these individuals. And Jordan Love, I mean, one of the more controversial picks of all time. And Lamar, clearly, if you redo that draft, Josh Allen goes 1, he goes 2. And then it's like, we'll figure it out from there. But that that was him going 32 is crazier than even Purdy going seventh round because everyone was like, wait, this guy won the Heisman. He's pretty fucking good. And immediately validated it like two years in when he wins the most valuable player. But I think all these guys represent something. And especially Baker and Jared Goff, two guys that one dude played in a Super Bowl. Like one guy was the quarterback for a team that consistently won and got to a Super Bowl. And if it wasn't for one of the great defensive game plans of all time, Flores, Bill Belichick, just punking Sean McVay, which would be harder in 2024 than then, but they did it. You know, who knows? Because I don't think Sean McVay ever looked at him the same. And the Baker stuff, Odell Beckham kind of falls apart. The dude won a playoff game, beat the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers with the Cleveland Browns, and they ran him out of town. And then he went to Carolina. It got weird. But both those two guys, obviously Josh, Mahomes, CJ, Lamar, even Love and Purdy, they all have people that believe in them behind them. And they all come different shapes, sizes, different price points. But I think the power of belief in a coach, in someone you work with, in your parents, is so important. 
I mean, the way Dan Campbell talks about and supports Jared Goff is the complete opposite of the way it ended with Sean McVay. I've been in, you know, different spots in my career where it was clear, like, this is probably not going to go well for me, and people just stop supporting you. And you start losing your self-confidence. I don't care if you're a scout, you're a radio host, you're a quarterback, you're a car salesman. When the guy you work for or the leader of your company slash business doesn't show you support, you don't feel like they have confidence in you, we're all human beings. You're going to naturally lose it. When they believe in you, D'Amico says over and over, now he's justifying it, but this team goes as far as this guy takes us. This guy is the reason we're here. Like, you don't think that confidence CJ gets from his head coach matters? You think it's all, oh, it's just natural talent. He's just dominating. He would do it no matter what. Bullshit. Andy Reid, the support that he has behind Patrick Mahomes, good game, bad game. Same thing with Josh, that organization, that city, the belief. Now, a lot of this is earned, but like this offseason, I'll never forget. I call them the Twitter gutter rats. There was a segment of 49er fans who thought that Brock Purdy should not be the quarterback. They thought the, the quarterback position should be handed back to Trey Lance and Purdy should be the backup and they should cut Sam Darnold. Again, these people are fucking imbeciles and they were morons at the time. But Kyle Shanahan was getting asked about this a lot during training camp and never wavered. Never wavered once. All in on Purdy. And what did it lead them to do? Be the number one seed. And for a guy that was the last pick in the draft to be just in the most valuable player mix. It's fucking incredible accomplishment for the seventh, for the last pick to pick 262. And Baker had to call Tampa Bay. Hey, Jason, I think this would be a great spot. Tampa didn't reach out to him. He called Jason Light or his agent did. Like, hey, I'm really interested in coming there. And then he gets there and they have nothing but belief in him. And they support him. And listen, for the most part, if you're going to get a good quarterback, you usually have to draft him high. There are outliers. You can find starting quarterbacks in different rounds. You might have opportunities to trade for guys. But in the history of the league, most of the best players have been first-round picks. Now, not all number one picks, but when I just start listing off names, they've been drafted in the first round, right? Peyton Manning, John Elway, Dan Marino, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, C.J. Stroud. Like you go through the league right now, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, Joe Flacco. I mean, all these guys won Super Bowls. It doesn't mean I can't find solid players. Listen, everyone's shitting on Dak, rightfully so. He had a terrible game, but you can find a guy like that third, fourth round. Kirk Cousins, same thing. Jimmy Garoppolo, second round. Derek Carr, second round. You can find starters in other rounds, but in the history of the league, they usually have to be high. But no matter what, one thing that will never change, whether you know it's the guy you draft number two overall or the guy you take in the fifth round, when you believe in that player and that player believes that you believe in them at the quarterback position, because there's a lot going on. Because for him to know he's got belief in people above him, everyone on that team is looking at him. So he better be, he can't afford to not be confident. If he's not confident, your team has no shot, none, zero. It's what I never understood about Trubisky. You're like, you're watching a guy, he's not confident. He has no confidence. He has no confidence. You watch Mason Rudolph, you go, listen, I don't know how good he is, but he definitely shows some confidence on the field. Matt Stafford, there is, he knows that that organization has nothing but belief in his abilities. 
So, and then he plays like that, and everyone rallies behind him. And I, I just think that this group represents, especially the NFC, because the NFC is unlike the AFC. The AFC is, I mean, Josh Allen and Mahomes was like $800 million with a quarterback. Lamar signed a $250 million quarterback, saved Harbaugh's ass. And C.J. Stroud, the number two pick in the draft, is a rocket ship. But this other group's pretty fascinating. Goff, Baker, Purdy, Love. <laughs> I mean, you, you could argue the two groups are a little different, but I, I do think the support doesn't change. You know, whether it's Peyton Manning talking with Bruce Arians and the belief that Bruce Arians showed in him that when he was so terrible his rookie year and Bruce never pulled him out of the game, said the only way you're going to learn is through your failures. And Peyton said that really benefited me the next couple years as we got it turned around. And no different than Jordan Love. Like that organization, it felt like they were wavering a little bit. Now he wasn't playing that well, but the moment he showed some signs of life, they pushed all their chips in the middle of the table on the guy. I think Jared Goff's probably the best example because I, I, I can't get over, you never see this happen. Listen, I say this all the time about coaches and GMs, especially when they get mad at me, like, oh, you're just a shit talker. Everything I say is on the record. Every single thing I say is here on a podcast. You know I'm saying it, literally publicly. I talk shit just as much as you guys do. The difference of me and you is everything has my name on it. You're constantly leaking shit anonymously. That's being a coward. Now, I understand why you do it. You can't you can't run a team by putting your name on it, but let's not act like we're the same because I, I've been around coaches. I've been around GMs. They're crushing everyone constantly, and you're constantly questioning your group, your quarterback, players, but when you believe in them, it's a really, really powerful thing. And what Sean McVay did, and he even apologized for it. He, he said that I probably crossed the line. Because I, I did think he crossed the line on Jared Goff. Now, he wasn't playing well, but you don't publicly talk like me. <laughs> like that's, that's tough. And luckily, they were able to pivot. It was a win-win for everyone. But that had to be, and Jared, you know, is a, is a mild-mannered, you know, kind of surfer vibe from Marin. Uh, you know, it's not. Belichick or Brady that would have double middle fingers up, but that had to feel pretty good. That had to feel. It's one thing to win it for the city. It's another thing to win it against a guy that told you, basically, you're not any good. I, I don't want you here. I, I want to get rid of you. So, yeah, man, this is going to be a fun weekend. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. 
That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Okay, let's dive into the mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. And uh, get your question answered here on the show. Two Fs, at John Middlecoff, Instagram, DMs wide open. Fire in those direct messages. Eagles fan here. After the playoff loss, I'm torn on what to do with the head coach. Is it worse to keep a coach that melts down and possibly lost the team or keep firing a coach after coach? A la the Browns, Jets, Raiders, Carolina, a.k.a. the bad teams. You're not them. Do you know what the, do you know what the Jets, the Raiders, would do to make the playoffs three straight years? They sell their left leg. Do you know what those franchises would... The Jets haven't made the playoffs in like 15 years. The Raiders have been to the playoffs twice in two decades. Twice. Twice. Think about that. Say that out loud. Twice. And they've been worked both times. So you're not having anything in common. Your standards are high. So part of like being a winner, like is the guy good enough or not? I think it's fair to ask the question, is this guy good enough to keep? My answer is no. I I would fire him. After what we just witnessed. I I think that's a fireable offense. I think you could fire a coach and go, we're not the Raiders. We're not the Jets. Because you're not. You are not. So I I don't think it's that crazy to make a move and and still look at yourself differently than that. I was wondering if you had any ideas on how to possibly grow this. I've done some local marketing around Montana, but I'm trying to go more nationally. Any suggestions? Huge fan of the pod. Listen, the question is, I just started a clothing line. There's the Instagram page. Basically, it's a cattle brand. And when a letter is on the side, it's considered lazy. So hence the lazy AF for the logo. I reach out. If I send you some gear, okay, I'll respond on an email. I'll give you my email address. And then you just shoot me an email. Do that way. Shot that guy my email address. Probably not a great question here for the podcast. Okay, finish listening to today's pod. Kind of an odd question. I love football, the Colts. I'm a season ticket holder. And I'm glued to my TV on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays in the process of starting a pod. I know everyone had a pod nowadays. This is just a hobby, though, 
to share my opinions. How do you balance family with doing your job? You obviously need to watch the games you speak on it. I'm recently engaged, don't live with my fiance yet, but she gets kind of agitated with the fact that I love football this much. How do you balance watching football for your job with the family? Well, it's just me and her. I don't have kids yet, which I've already thought like I'm going to have to, and I've thought about this since I've moved here, you know, get an operation, build an operation here in general, but an office, uh, you know, I'm not going to travel far. So somewhere in the couple mile radius from where I'm at, but like, this is not my hobby. This is not a passion project. This is my life. So when I'm spending time with the people I love, like they get it, you know, that this is not, uh, it's, it's hard to describe any other way than that. Now, I, I also think if I was doing this and not, fi- you know, I'm almost 40 years old. So if I wasn't making any money doing this, it, it would be very fair for people to ask questions, right? But that's not the case. So financially, I, I think helps kind of quiet the burdens that it's just unique. It's not like, it's not very relatable to anyone. Like, what do you do? Yeah, just watch games, talk about it. <laughs> I just watch TV and talk about it. Like, that's essentially my job, right? Just have opinions on things that I watch on television or the internet. And I, I think at first, it not that it throws people off, but it's just, well, is this real? Right. And I can understand parents questioning it. Like, wait, you're going to marry my daughter and do this? Like, and they're like, oh, damn, it's a nice house. How, how much you spend on the remodel? Where, where does all this money come from? Yeah, it's a pretty lucrative profession. Now, it's taking me a while, but I, I think that's part of it. So, totally understand what you're saying. It, it helps. You know, my girlfriend likes football. My parents and my family and people I associate with like sports. Right. It, it would be harder in a situation, especially starting a relationship, if they just didn't like it. They, they it would probably wouldn't be uh, sustainable. Now, the amount I watch can drive anyone crazy, and it does. That's why I got, you know, six TVs in the house. So, like, I can go to other rooms, but it, it can be a lot. I mean, it, it can. Uh, but any job, you know, can be that someone takes a lot of time to do. And I spent a lot of hours doing this shit. Just like I'm sure a lot of people listening spend a lot of hours at work. Like it, it comes with the territory. You know, most people don't have success by just working a couple hours a day. Right. So th- there's a, there's a balance of life, uh, that we all, there, there's no right or wrong answer. There's no easy way to do this, but like, Thursday nights during the fall, like I can't really go, like I don't go out, like we don't go like out to dinner or anything, right? Monday night, same thing. So Sundays, I'm here all day. You just kind of build your life around different days, just like anyone that works. Some people work the night shift. Some people, hours are differently. Some people travel a lot. It's life. You just kind of figure it out. Uh, Longtime listener, I believe that you're going to explode in the industry. I like this Will guy. Here's my question. We're exploding, by the way. What do the Broncos do with the 12th overall pick this year? If Williams, May, and Daniels are off the board, they will be. I think Penix could work in the system. But given his injury history, is he worth the risk at at pick 12? Do they move up and, and definitely grab Daniels? Well, let's think about Sean Payton, what he's desired, right? Post-Drew Brees. He has wanted a more athletic quarterback. 
one of the knocks with Russell Wilson was like, bro, you got fat last year. So what did they harp on? Like lose some weight, gain some of your mobility back. And he did. But the problem was his playmaking wasn't there. It's why he had such high aspirations for Taysom Hill because he wanted like this playmaker. Now he's not that guy, even though Taysom Hill is a good football player. Taysom Hill could play on my football team any day of the week. He's just not a quarterback. He's like this running back, hybrid, fullback, tight end thing. But he's a good NFL football player. He's just not a quarterback. Sean Payton, you know, and the Saints realized that over time. I don't know if Sean ever did. But I think the problem with Penix is he's a lot like Drew Brees, which is a good thing. I'm not saying, but no mobility. And I think moving forward, the desire for coaches, modern-day offensive coaches, to have some mobility. You don't have to be Lamar Jackson, but you got to be able to move. Look at Jordan Love's movements. Look at Brock Purdy's movements. You know, the Baker Goff is a little bit of a throwback. Obviously, Baker moves better than Goff. Josh and Mahomes. I mean, Josh is an elite athlete. Mahomes is a fantastic athlete. CJ's proven to be a pretty good athlete. And Lamar is one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen in the position. So I I think mobility is key, man. I I think that's what Sean Payton's going to want. So Penix is a good player. I really like him. I seeing what the what Sean Payton has wanted over the last four or five years of his coaching career, I'd be a little shocked if they went that way. I told you, we don't talk Dak anymore. Let some other team deal with this mediocrity. You can have him for your team if you like him so much. We'll take a second round pick. I don't even know what this guy's talking about. Sending this again to get on the top of the inbacks, not to be annoying. We've seen how these star NFL quarterback contracts keep resetting the market. Do you feel like the same can be true on the downside when you look at the disasters like Russ and Deshaun Watson? In other words, will teams be more hesitant to give these types of guarantees in the future or these just examples of the downside risk of doing business? I think it's somewhere in the middle. Anytime you give a massive contract, like I understood Jason, or excuse me, Jalen Hurts getting a big contract. He literally just looked better than Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl as a thrower. What are you going to do? Like not give him a contract? He's not going to accept some low-end deal. So they gave him. Now he looked dramatically worse this season. There's no way around. I don't care. Like someone in my uh, Twitter replies was like, his analytics and all the advanced stats say, are you fucking watching him play? He looks worse than last season. We all agree to that. And whether it's banged up, whether it's sustainability, and as an executive told me, he looks much closer this year to the guy a lot of people were unsure of coming out of Oklahoma, not the guy we saw last year. So I think the question is, like, you can't be fooled by these anomalies, right? Like, I'm not giving Brock Purdy a lot of money until he does it year after year after year. And I think sometimes you pay these guys until they've proven it, right? Like, I, I'm sorry, Tua, you're playing on the $23 million. I, I can't extend you. H- how could you extend Tua Tonga Vailoa right now? I don't mean to cut him. I don't need to trade him. It's what makes Dak so complicated. Wait, I'm going to give Dak an extension? So then I'm just stuck with him again? Now, there is a fine line of like, and this is where the Cowboys are kind of stuck. Like, how are they going to upgrade over Dak? But is that just the mindset any human always has? Just, oh, how can we upgrade? How can we upgrade? Well, if you just stick with that mindset, you just, you're never going to try anything. You're just going to stay in your lane and you're going to get lapped. Like, eventually, you got to take some swings. Because once upon a time, you're like, how are you going to upgrade Drew Bledsoe? Well, this guy in the sixth round named Tom Brady is dramatically better. Maybe not today, but in three years, it won't even be close. And if Bill Belichick didn't have the cojones to say like, 
yeah, we're not going back to Drew Bledsoe. We're going with this guy. Because it's easy to go, well, just, let's give Trey Lance another shot. How about not? <laughs> how about we don't? Right? It took a lot of balls. I don't care how weird things got to go, you know what? We're going to trade Aaron Rodgers. We're going to go with Jordan Love. Just like it took a lot of balls for them to go, you know what, Brett Favre? We're done with this crap. We're going to go with Aaron Rodgers. It's easy to look back and go, of course you do that. It wasn't the same at the time. Everyone thinking Ted Thompson was a loon. A lot of people thought like, Gutekind's on the floor, man. This thing's going to get... I thought that. So sometimes in life, you got to just have balls. You got to just be willing to take some swings. You got to be willing to fail, right? If you're just going to stay in the slow lane or the middle lane, like watch all the cars pass you in the left lane. Now, sometimes you get in the left lane, you go a little fast, you might get in a crash. But you get a crash in the slow lane too. Just because you stay with what you've been doing doesn't guarantee it's going to work either. So... The contracts are tough because there is no like, yeah, just let's just give the guy a hundred million instead of two hundred and fifty million. Like that doesn't exist. But I, I do think you got to draw a line in the sand. And be like, yeah, we're not giving this much money to this. Guy. I've never understand this in the NBA. It's like, yeah, let's just give this guy the max. Give this guy the max. No wonder ninety percent of you suck. Like, how, how are you paying these guys? Well, we got to. How do you upgrade? What's well, like? What the fuck are you doing? No wonder the majority of teams are so irrelevant. Good for the players. Like they're making a ton but most of them don't impact winning. Uh, Huge fan of the pod for a couple years now. While I appreciate the football takes and the betting discussions with Stucky, let us not afford ignore the fact that you're the hottest golf better in the game right now. Fagala and now Poston, nice work. Let's keep it rolling. Do you have any feelings on La Quinta? I do. I just, uh, I went to cash my JT Poston bet. Got a nice uh, little four-figure return. I actually went to the ATM, I posted it, and I'm just going to, instead of having to go to the casino every time, like, why don't I just use the DraftKings app? So now I'm just using the DraftKings app, and we will put those out uh, Wednesday. I'll put my bets out, because I just made a ton. Uh, I'm going to keep riding JT Poston. He's hot. Akshay Batia, I'm going to ride him. Billy Horschel, going to ride him. Uh, I I think Justin Thomas and Jason Day are two good guys to keep an eye on, maybe a little win equity, top five, but I Top tens are what I'm going to continue hammering. I almost hit three top tens last week that would have paid about $4,500 in about $700 worth of bets. I missed it by a three putt and a shitty chip. Akshay had two three putts on the back nine, missed the top 10 by one shot, and Eric Cole just had a couple bad holes. <clears throat> I, have a, I have a theory I want your take on. For years now, I've heard the most important positions in football or quarterback, left tackle, edge, and corner, which I don't disagree with. And by the way, uh, with, by the way, but could I make the argument that the inside linebacker is what really makes a defense? (laughs) Yeah, you could. If you look at the two best teams in the league, Baltimore and San Francisco, they have what no other team other than Tampa has, and that's two elite inside linebackers. Elite would be strong. I, you know, I, I think there is a drop off between Roquan and Patrick Queen, and there's definitely a drop off between Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. But I know what you're saying. I think their ability to cover with these guys can almost completely shut down offenses because they never have to sub one out for a secondary player uh, and make them vulnerable in the run like Dallas. They also can completely shut down the middle of the field throws and make an offense completely operate outside the numbers, which is why I think the Niners own the Cowboys and the Eagles because they make 
limited quarterbacks beat you with really hard throws and they aren't known for making. I've always said this. And listen, I, I worked for the Eagles who do not take the middle linebacker position seriously. And then immediately I started being around the Harbaugh Niners with Bowman and Willis. And then I've seen this Niner team with Fred Warner. And I've seen it for years in the league. It's my favorite position on defense. Ray Lewis is one of my favorite players of all time. But Brian Urlacher, Luke Keekley, when you get that player, it changes your defense because they can cover tight ends. They can make 12 to 15 tackles in the run game or in space. Think how many plays that lead to a first down are wheel routes or a, you know some play around the line of scrimmage. Well, who makes the majority of those tackles? Your middle linebacker, right? And, and then their ability to blitz. Look at the Rams, who got dramatically better on defense this year. Why do you think? Did you watch 53 Jones play? I think Ernest Jones, the second, I think his name is. He's awesome. Like he, To me, he's like one of the most underrated players in the league. This is not my, I didn't create this saying. I stole it, but it's so true. Michael Lombardi says, and he's been saying it for years, when your middle linebacker is fast, your defense is fast. When your middle linebacker is a baller, typically your defense is solid. I mean, is is there a reason that some of the great middle linebackers in the history of the league have all been on the best defenses ever? So this notion, do you know what I think is the most overrated position in the league? Corner. I swear to God, I would much rather have Ray Lewis, Patrick Willis, Luke Keekley, Fred Warner, and figure it out outside. Like, I saw the 49ers. They made it to a championship game with no corners. None. What's his name? They used to play for the Redskins and the Panthers. Uh, Josh Norman was playing corner for them. He couldn't cover me or you. But their linebackers and their D-line were elite. I think any team that overlooks linebacker are are just not doing it correctly. Seriously. Uh, To me, middle linebacker is easily one of the most important positions. Here's the other thing. A lot like tight end. They're cheap. They don't cost that much money. So when you do hit on a star linebacker or a star tight end, you don't pay them defensive end or wide receiver money. Google how much Fred Warner makes. Look how much Roquan Smith makes. You want to pay Trent Williams or pay TJ Watt. Like they're they're expensive. You know, you want to trade for Devontae Adams or Tyree Kill. Look how much those guys make. Think how much money Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase are going to make this offseason. So to me, tight end and linebacker, you get Laporta. Laporta is not just going to be one of the best players in the league. He's going to be one of the great values easily in the NFL. Just like Travis Kelsey, just like George Kittle, just like Mark Andrews. Like These guys are, are not that expensive. Same thing with linebackers. They do not cost you $32 million. I don't know how much Fred makes, but I'm pretty sure it's like $13, $14, $15 million. I hear you. That's a great, that's not a theory. That's That's a reality. You get a good middle linebacker. How many teams in the league with good... Look at... Did you watch the Buccaneers play last night? Levante David and Devon White flying around, making all those tackles? Seattle forever. Obviously, they had good players. One of their best players was Bobby Wagner. When your middle linebacker is a stud, it's hard for your defense to suck. Hell, and if you do... If you hit on a couple other players on that defense, your defense is usually awesome. Is it shocking that the Ravens traded for Roquan Smith? Is it like they were the team that wanted them? If the Bills lose to the Chiefs again this year, is it time to fire McDermott? This is the weakest Chiefs team of the last five years, and you have them at home. If you can't beat them this year, when can you? Given the plethora of coaching candidates out there, it might be time to make a move. As crazy as it sounds, because won the division four straight times, won a ton of playoff games, I don't think you're crazy. 
I think there's legit pressure. The Bills have to win this game. This is must-win for the Bills. And the Chiefs this year, this is their throwaway season. They are as crazy as it sounds because they got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. This is a house money game. This is the first time he's ever played on the road, uh, Patrick Mahomes, in the playoffs. And he's an underdog. When's the last time the Chiefs have been an underdog in a playoff game? This, all of the pressure is on the Buffalo Bills this weekend. All of it. So, if he were to lose, I think that, like you said, given the given the options out there, I, I think there would be some rumblings. I, I do. And he's done an awesome job. But I expect them to win. I, I, I would say, and I don't bet against Andy and Mahomes. I mean, I, I think they are going to win. It's all said and done. They, they got four Super Bowls in them. They've already won two. I think they got two more. Because I'm telling you, they're gonna they're gonna turn this thing around in the next off season or two. They're they're gonna be better in three years from now than they were last year. I'll promise you that. I, I would bet money on that. But the Bills, like, you got to take advantage of these opportunities. You got to take advantage of these opportunities. So I, I'm with you. I, I think there is tangible pressure on Buffalo. More this game. The next week gets the Ravens. Like they'll they'll be an underdog in that game on the road, assuming that the Ravens beat the Texans. But I, I don't think you're crazy on this one. So good question. Um question for the Steelers and team discipline. Tomlin, I guess, told the team in his team exit meeting that he plans on returning. I, I don't put much stock into that. Uh I, I still think there's a chance everything's on the table with Mike Tomlin. For years, Coach T has been public with his willingness to tolerate what I would call behavior detrimental to the team. The comments of some players after the Bills' loss, notably Harris, point to this as a problem that has come to come home to roost. Is Coach T and the Steelers, uh, are Coach T and are the Steelers as an organization less disciplined than other NFL teams when it comes to setting standards and enforcing the rules? I read some of Najee's comments who I, I thought actually played pretty well down the stretch of the season. I've been critical of that draft pick because I didn't think he was that good, but I, I thought he had a solid season, especially the second half of the year. I think what he's alluding to is basically I came from Alabama and we didn't tolerate bullshit. Now it's easier in college if someone's screwing around to bench that guy for the next guy because the the gap is not that wide. I think he's essentially saying like George Pickens, right? can do things that would not have been tolerated at Alabama. George Pickens would have been benched, cut, forced to transfer. I don't care how good he is. Nick Saban would not have tolerated that. In the NFL, it's a little more difficult. It, it truly is. Now, you can argue what you tolerate, you allow in your organization, and that spills over to everything. He's also easily their best weapon. Now, is he good enough to allow to... You know, just cause problems. I, I think that's a fair argument. But, and, and they've dealt with these guys, and it's not like they ever won a Super Bowl with Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell and now with George Pickens. But I think it's an easier thing to say what Najee was saying, like essentially, like this is not allowed at Alabama. Well, yeah, no shit. You know, if they had the next George Pickens who was acted like Devontae Adams or Cooper Cup, they would bench George Pickens, but they don't. They need him. And the reason he can be a problem is his talent. Now, you could argue, like, why are they always taking flyers on these guys 
because it's worked for them in the past. <laughs> right? Remember James Harrison? Pretty big red flag guy. Say so that guy turned out to be a pretty good player for them. And then historically, that organization, they got a little Raiders Al Davis to him, which I'm not opposed to. Andy Reid, Pete Carroll, so do they. So th there's no right or wrong way to do it. There really isn't. But, and George Pickens was a huge red flag coming out of college. But as you see him play, like he's clearly pretty talented. <laughs> got a lot of ability. Uh, but he might not block on a run play <laughs> and say he doesn't want to get hurt. But I, I don't know. I don't think that's the issue with with Tomlin. I, I really don't. I think he's just very dependent on his offensive coordinator and his quarterback, like most defensive coaches. And right now, he's got a trio of quarterbacks who, you know, the best one is probably Mason Rudolph. Like, Mason Rudolph is probably better than Kenny Pickett. Think about that. That's why if I'm Mike Tomlin, I want out. I want to go somewhere else. I, I'd want out. I'd want to go to Washington. I'd want to go to Adam Peters, draft a quarterback high, start over. Kind of get toward home. Not that, you know, as you get older, what's home, but I'm just saying get a lot of money, just get a fresh start, be appreciated. I don't think he gets the appreciation there. Not I'm talking about from the Roonies, but I think the fans are down on him. I, I'm a big believer. Divorce, when it comes to coaching, is very healthy with successful guys. Pete Carroll, Andy Reid, look at Mike McCarthy, got a fresh start in Dallas. He, he got an incredible opportunity. He just didn't take care of it. Belichick running out of Cleveland. It happens in a lot of places, man. The Shanahan family was, and all those guys were fired in Washington. I think sometimes you just need a fresh start. You just need to take a deep breath. Mike Tomlin's a really good coach. I, I want to see him coach somewhere else because I, I think that's he's. I think he's peaked in Pittsburgh, which is not bad. The eighty percent of the league would like to be as consistently successful as him, but if you're him, like. Don't you want to get back to the next level? And I just don't think you're getting there in Pittsburgh. The volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.